Welcome. Few days ago, <laughs> um, we had first meeting, if I can call it. Um, it was yourself, my, my business partner Simon, and, and myself. And I said to you, you know, if you don't make it in your business, you, you're still good because you'd be freaking comedian because you actually have so much character <laughs> and you're funny. Um, uh, and I think that's a massive, um, uh, massive part of your personality to actually even do business with people because you still have to be good human to attract good people to do work with you. Who is sitting in front of me? Well, I would say there's two Ds. Um, I'm dumb and deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a dumb and deep. Uh, a lot of people can interrupt this in many different ways. <laughs> Some call me the son of Jackie Chan. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I'd so, say, so if you're son of Jackie Chan, I gotta be careful what I say because you might just freaking next thing your foot could be in my head. Yeah, yeah. In a yeah. second. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I don't have three legs. I'm, I'm Asian. Spring rolls. But, uh, no, so I'm actually, I actually have Asian hardware, but Aussie software. Mean yes. That. I really mean that because listen to my voice. Like, yes. Where, where the hell does this guy come from? I was adopted from Korea, South Korea. So I don't know right. my biological parents. I, I went to see my orphanage when I was 20 and got told that my birth mum was 16 and had a one-night stand with a city guy and he and she was from the country, had no mother, didn't know she was pregnant until she hit labour and gave birth to me in the barn floor. And that's I, so that's why I'm like Asian Jesus as well. So like I've got like this identity. I've always had a problem with identity, hence my journey of creating myself and being a creator it makes sense to me now, but I was quite lost as a kid because my parents looked like you. Yes, <laughs> they yes. looked like they kidnapped me. Yes, yes. <laughs> Two white people, like Hillary and Bill, yes. this little Asian kid. I'm like, hey, did you guys take me? As long as you look after me, I don't care. <laughs> but that is interesting. Um, I had extremely tough childhood. Um, very tough childhood. And looking back from where I am today, I'm almost grateful that I did. Mm. I'm actually grateful for everything that ever happened to me in my life. All mm. the good, bad, and all the pain that I went through through my childhood and, and adulthood and, and everything else. The reason why I'm grateful for everything, even every fuck up and mistakes that I made, mm. because I'm really liking the person that I am today. Yeah. And not many people can ever say that. I, I, I know I'm loving the person I am today. And all of those things that happened to me in my life have made me who I am today, mm. you know. And if everything was perfect, maybe I'd be an asshole now, another one. And there's enough assholes in the world that we don't need another one. And I know um, I'm very good human. I know that I'm grateful. Um, but you know, when I look back now, you know, everything happens for a reason. Maybe I'm, maybe I know I'm a good person now, but maybe I am because I went through all that shit. Mm -hmm. And um, and I like to think at at age 44, I just turned 44, that um, I'm a good judge of character when I meet people. And with yourself, you know, your energy is insane, you're funny, you're creative, but you can also see, hey, for him to be who he is today, there was a pain alongside, along the way as well for you to be smiling today. Yeah. So, and, and the reason why I say that specifically because you grew up with no parents. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that is just fucking powerful mm -hmm. because every child is innocent. You know, it's, it's innocent. What do you know? Right now in business, two of us, we can do business with people. They can try to screw us or whatever it is. We adults. You know, yeah. we might fuck up, we might make mistakes, we might let people do wrong by us. It's our fault. Everything is our fault. You know what? We can take it on. Mm -hmm. Who cares? If we've got enough age beh behind us, that we, we can manage it. But when you're a child and when everything happens to you, you know, it can affect you in a negative way for the rest of your life or it can make you an extraordinary person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a person that is sitting in front of me. Yeah, it's a good read because I think a lot of high performers or entrepreneur types have type, some type of mess. You've got to have a mess to have we a We all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> we all mad. We yeah. all mad. We yeah. fucked up. Yeah. We, 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 we fucked yeah. up. Even Dan, even Dan, I know a bit of story about him. Yeah. I was like, Dan, you're mad too. You know? Dan is the guy behind the camera here. I was like, you got issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a psycho. No, no. I, I love Dan, my brother. He, um, but you've got to have a mess to have a message, right? Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to go through a test to have a testimony, you know. Often I've interviewed people too, and a lot of my clients that are celebrities or CEOs, I, I have had the honour to ask them how the hell they got there, and majority of them have not been fed a silver spoon. No. So where quite they opposite. Have, quite opposite. Yeah. Yes. It's like some have had one client of mine, her parents were heroin addicts. Yes. And she parented her kids at age of five. So where you lack as a kid, you have to become self-sufficient out of survival. Yes. So is it ever any wonder that you might become more decisive earlier on in life than someone else? Yes. Because when you were a kid, you were making your own sandwiches at, at age six. Yes. So you had to, so survival looks like self-sufficiency yes. to the outside world, but yes. it, was, it was sick or swim. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you clearly, you know, I always say your mind is your best friend and your biggest enemy. And specifically at a young age, even even today, it's up to us which path you we want to take. You know, and we, you know, you had every reason to beat yourself up and not get anywhere in your life. I agree. You know, every reason because you know there's two parts of our brain. One is telling us you can't do this, you're not good enough, and one like fuck it, just go for it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and whichever way you go, you're right. Whatever brain is telling you because you convince yourself of the bullshit that we. Tell ourselves, I guess, you chose the right way. Today, I am interviewing you in your own studio mm -hmm. that you actually own mm -hmm. in the middle of the Sydney mm -hmm. that is not cheap. Nope. You have creative business, if I can call that. Mm -hmm. You have creative business and you're smiling. Hmm. What does your business do today and how did you get here? Mm -hmm. So... We work with a lot of personal brands, like people like um, founders, celebrities, athletes, and make them credible and relevant. Because you can be credible and not relevant, meaning yes. you can have all the wins on the... But if you're not relevant and you're credible, no one's wanting you. No I think now you have mind. to stop talking. Now I'm yeah. thinking to myself, what the fuck do I fit in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, everyone listening there, are you credible? Yeah, yeah oh, I was like, be, okay, you're actually making me think. Love it. Or you're relevant. You could go on maths. Right, yes. the show maths, or you yes. get start an OnlyFans, show your toes or whatever, and try yeah. and sell. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't think I'll, I'll make any money out of OnlyFans, buddy. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be one that you know he went under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, you could be have a lot of followers, but followers don't pay our bills. I yes. mean, let me ask you this question, right, Emil? Like, if you had, do you rely on your followers to pay your your bills? One hundred percent, no. Yeah. 
See, that's credible, right? I, I, I have done extremely well before I even had Instagram. Mm. Yeah, so there's people who have a lot of Instagram followers that don't have yes. a dime. Yes. Right, they haven't turned that audience into something that could... Correct. ...be credible. So relevance craves credibility. Correct. So I believe that Nike's credible, but they're not relevant. Yes. And that sounds controversial, maybe, but Nike's credible, but the athletes are relevant of the Correct. time. So Nike gives credibility to athletes, and athletes give relevance to Nike. And put those two together. Put together, and then you've got a personal... You've you got, got a Michael brand. Jordan. You do yeah. love that movie, yeah. So that's what we try and do. That's We yes. have a process for that. Um, and yeah, that's what keeps me up at night. I love that because I get to work. It's very deep, the work. And that's why um, guys like Dane Walker, who is like a brother of mine, we're, it's a lot into... It's like we're talking about identity. We're talking about who you are. We're talking about what stories best suit your market. Yes. And connect and make you human but is not like totally irrelevant. So one of my points is when I coach people is if every story needs a point and every point needs a story. So a story without a point is like my grandma who had Alzheimer's. Hey Emil, I'll tell you a story about when I was a girl and I was 16 and I had a good body and I was showing off to the boys. I'm like waiting for the point. And like, After two hours. Yeah. So what's the point of this? So what happened? Did, did you date him or not? Oh, it's just a good memory. Like what the fuck grandma? He's like wasted two hours of time. And a point without a story is you get up in front of the cinema, in front of a full crowd of people going, hey, don't need to watch Lord of the Rings for two hours. I'll tell you the points. Little Frodo has a ring, mm. takes it to Mordor, beats the bad guys, drops it in the lava. Don't need a... It's just... It's all fact. Yes. But it's stories are making sense devices. Yes. So if you have a story and a point, that's when our brains don't want to burn calories. We burn about 320 calories a day on thinking. Yes. doesn't translate to weight loss. Oh, yes. I got a feeling I burned about 2,000 at least. <laughs> My brain is just thinking too much about it. There's no calories left. <laughs> so, so often people don't have a clear message. So when you don't have a clear message about who you are and what you want to do, you're forcing your audience to burn calories to figure out what the fuck you do. And that's not a good thing. Mm. So they'll just say, if you confuse, you lose. That's what I think in your brain. So we like creating clear messages for people and we have an execution plan of how do you actually grow organically on socials or through paid? How do you build an audience that yes. makes you successful? Which is interesting. The business that you are in specifically now is probably the best time over the last 100 years to be in the business. Because if you want to build somebody else's brand or help them on that journey, there's also the two good things I see. One, there is so much out there that you can use to help them grow. Mm. And two, talk of social media. There's so much shit and rubbish and fake on social media mm. that relevant people can really stand out too. Mm. So you're probably um, in a right time to actually, you know, have this business because right now every human is is um, PR person. Yeah. Every human is PR person as long as you have a good audience, mm. you know, that you're capturing that they can actually see your message. Now, um, as a young individual. You're still re relatively young. When you were starting your working career, you had two options. One, be employed by somebody else. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that, if that nothing makes you wrong. happy yeah. as an individual. I always say there's nothing wrong doing anything. No, I don't want anybody to do, I don't want many people to do what I do because they'd be probably more miserable than what they are now because what I'm doing is what I've chosen for me. Mm. You know? But when you were choosing a chance to work for somebody else and to take this, hard fucking road. 
Mm. Mad road. Mm. A mad road is I'm going to start my own business, I'm going to conquer the world, and I'm going to eat so much shit on the way there <laughs> for me to get to the top. Yeah, yeah. Why did you chose this road? Well, I remember I was in year seven, and my mum couldn't afford to send me to camp. And she was a single mum and worked two jobs. And I brought That's the mum that adopted you? Yeah, my mum, my, my yes. Australian mum. He looked like she kidnapped me, but she loves me. <laughs> I said, it's 150 bucks, mum. I really want to go on this camp. She's like, I can't afford it. I'm like, can we borrow money from our uncle? She didn't, never wanted to ask my dad for money. And she's like, no, I just, sometimes you just have to miss out. And I went away, thought about it, went to the principal's office the next day and asked for a payment plan. And, and, I was, and the principal called my mum up and said, what the hell is this kid doing? Like, your, dad, your son's yes. asked for a payment plan. And I said, well, we're in the principal's office. And he said, what, what do you think, man? I said, well, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll work, I'll scrub the toilets for a week and you, and as a cleaner. Like, that's fine. And, she's, and he's like, okay, I'll, you can do that and you can earn your way to camp. So I earned my way to camp that way. Yes. And but you were creative enough to find a way at a young age. You know what you said about uh, before we put the cameras on about high performers if someone's, if a problem's a challenge put in front of you and you want something, you don't go, oh, well, no one's going to... You make it happen. You make it happen or you make excuses. So which, which is trap that most humans do. It's easy for me to say this can't be done and move on mm. than actually go and find a way to do it. Yeah, that's right. So one of the things, I was a very angry kid, a very hurt kid because I was bullied for my race and for my height and a whole bunch of things. So I learned martial arts as a kid and realized quickly you can't just Jackie Chan people in the head when they say something bad. It gives you trouble with the three Ps. So you want to, you so want to. <laughs> you want to, and I did yeah. as a kid, you know. I was like, oh, you say something to me, you, I'll, I'll slap you in the head. Yes. So I was in trouble with my parents, the principal, yes. and warned about the police as a yes. teenager. So one of the best things that helped me process that in a healthy way was playing guitar and singing and, yes. and, and recording music and doing film. And I, was got, I got really good at it. I discovered yes. that my God, I can, I've learned a few things already and I know what key that song's in and yes. I know how to construct that and I know how they put that together without much learning. Yes. And that was a real gift. So my dad at the time, he was like saying, if you want to pursue music, whatever you do, try and have something on the side, like teach guitar. So yes. I started teaching guitar as a side hustle with my first job for myself at 15. So I started teaching my English teacher guitar. Yes, at yes. lunchtime, it's totally illegal, but I was getting 20 bucks cash for half an hour. <laughs> so it was 40 bucks an hour. And, and I had primary school kids, so I started getting all these referrals from, yes. from parents saying, hey, teach my kid. Which, which really also, at that young age, it gave you a taste for entrepreneurship. Mm. You know, and, and same thing with me. Um, I was so poor, you know, all my friends, when, they were, when I was age four, I couldn't afford a bicycle, mom and dad couldn't buy me one. So I was oh, yeah. washing other kids' bicycles for maybe, let's say, 20 cents. You know, I created this little business. Next thing, I got the best bicycle. Wow. And then I was selling candles in a war because, I, you know, I grew up in a war for five years. I was send, wow. selling candles and making them. And, um, you know, but all that stuff got me to learn, you know, a little work ethic at a young age, to be creative, communicate with people, mm. take rejections. There's a bit of a competition there, you know. So all those things are actually shaping you as a young individual for the real world that's out there. And even my nephew, he didn't want to go to school on Monday. Mm. I said to my brother, okay, go back home, pick him up, take him to construction site. My brother is a builder. Age of nine, little broom, he's sweeping. 
But you don't want to go to school, you got to learn work ethics, you know, at least that is a good foundation for whatever you want to do in the future. Mm. So what you were doing at a young age, you know, I, that's probably helped you shape you. It did. To where you are today. It did, because I, I got very good at guitar and session work. I, I did tours with, um, for a stint, I did some work with Jimmy Barnes and right. some big, big artists for a couple of years. I did some touring. And I quickly realized... You better a, bring a guitar. Sorry to interrupt. You better bring the guitar for our next event when we yeah, have yeah, it well, in I, July. <laughs> call, my friends call me Chong Mayer. So no, you better, you know, so, Dan, remember this. We need a freaking guitar, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a shredder. So, um, but I, I, what that taught me was a couple of things. One was I, I had to be a performer. And perf to be a performer, you have to compete with other people to yes. get gigs. To be a, So I recognize you need to be seen, to be known, yes. to be chosen. Yes, seen to be known to be chosen and i had to deal with being judged very quickly because you're yes. on stage in front of people I, I did my hsc shredded behind my my head and played yes, with yes. my teeth with Jimi hendrix and got we got really top marks for music but i was hated for it because yes. sometimes success uh people project their own insecurities on successful people yes in this country we have tall poppy so if you're successful massive tall poppy syndrome people go like oh like it, it, they they feel insecure. It, it brings up a whole bunch of inadequacy yes. with a whole bunch of people, and it's not. It shouldn't be like that. Like in America and other places, you celebrate people. Yes. So I experienced that as a kid, but it made me tough, because I had to learn how to pitch. I had to learn to be a manager slash the creative, and that was tricky because I've worked with people who are like the artists, like the guy Sebastian's and things. Yes. Who, unfortunately, guy's manager ripped him off a million dollars and in prison now. So. Yes often the creative gets used by the manager because yes. it's a split. So I had to do that early on and got myself on tours, got myself paid. Had but to... you also learn every aspect of it. That's exactly right. So that was my MBA in the, yes. in the bit. I didn't do well at school. My, my academic marks didn't reflect my intelligence. Yes. Because I thought I was just this. We'll get along, you know. I, I was the same. <laughs> you know, when he said dumb and deep, I was like, I'm fucking everything. <laughs> double D, baby. Double D. <laughs> But, um, and here we are today. Mm. Would you say the journey has been easy? No, but it's been worth it, definitely. In Japanese martial arts, there's a principle that says like you should, it's, it's honorable to seek out a worthy opponent. So you're yes. intentionally going out to fight people yes. that are better than you. So in anime, movies, Pokemon, or one punch man, they're all seeking someone, who can I fight that's better than me so that yes. I know my limits, I can be pushed, I can become a master. So in order to be a master in Japanese martial arts, you must find people who are better than you yes. to be able to spar yes. and, and improve. And that's what I found in my life so far is, if there's one thing I've learned is, if you want to grow, you've got to be around people who are going to pull you up on shit yeah, you can't get away. Like if you're around yes people all the time, you, you can't know, progress yourself. Yeah, you, you you're know. you're in an echo chamber. So that there's a problem with a lot of um, business people in general. Maybe this is what stops them to go further. They think they know it all. Mm. They think they know everything. I always say I know fuck all. You know what my what my strength is. I mean, there's a saying. I'm a chess player. And, um, you know, all my family, my uncles, and they're all phenomenal chess players. Mm. And the only way I learned how to play chess because I constantly was playing against better chess players. They mm. challenged me. They got me to think, to be creative because I wanted to get to their level and beat them. Awesome. That's and really beat them. 
And, um, and even, you know, today, um, somebody asked me the other day, who's your mentor? They asked me that question. And um, so they were, you know, thinking I'm going to pick one creative person who the mentor is. And I said, I'll tell you who my mentor is. Every person I meet every single day. Mm. Every person. Because there's no human that we can meet that we cannot learn something. Mm. Isn't that, I said, isn't that beautiful that everybody's my mentor? Mm. Everybody I meet. That, like, you guys are my, yourself and Dane are my mentors in craft that you're extremely good at. Mm. So I'm learning from it. Then I might, you know, um, for example, um, uh, yesterday there was a doorman in this hotel um, in Melbourne, Crown, Crown, um, Crown Towers. So I was waiting for my driver to come and pick me up and take me and somewhere. And um, this doorman, I was talking to him. He was probably one of the top three nicest people I've met in my life that I judged in 10 minutes conversation. Mm. He was, he put me on the spot for me to think maybe I need to be even nicer to humans. Mm. So what did I learn from him? Not how to make billion dollars, but he, in, in, in a split second, you know, I like to think my feet on ground and I'm humble. It really got me to see life from different perspective and maybe even be even nicer if I can be. Well, so what can I learn from him? A lot. So he's my mentor too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so every human that we meet is a mentor, but we just got to be open-minded to actually learn from people and not think we, we know everything. Yeah, Socrates said that he was the wisest man in the world because he claims to know nothing. Yeah, and that's, there's some wisdom in that because knowing is the enemy of learning. So if, I, if all the slots are filled, I, know, I don't need to tell me, Neil. I yeah. know it all. You, you know there. your way, but who says that what I know it can at least add to your knowledge mm. and make it even better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we all know how to do certain things, but you know, it doesn't mean that we can't learn a little bit more mm. as well. Um, this quick interview was for people to get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. You're a good human. I actually look forward to um, working with yourself and Dan. We've got some big things that we are um, planning now. And um, I'm very grateful that I have um, I've met you and I'm very grateful um, that Dan has put us um, to, together yeah, and um, mm. because I'm such a sucker for good humans <laughs> um, uh, and you know not that there's not enough good people around I think there's a, there's amazing people out there but every time I, I find a good human I, I'm like fucking you mine now and because and <laughs> I'm a sucker for good energy you know and good humans because yeah. that makes my life rich as a, as a person. Mm. Um, and I look forward to um, sharing a good questions that we have for you with our audience as well so they can learn stuff from your craft. Yeah, thanks for having us, Emil. Thank you. And I mean this. Thank you. <laughs>